Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are now live. We were just talking about the great film King Ralph because on this special July 4th occasion, we are joined by Ralph from SkillUp uh, YT, SkillUp YouTube, a lovely That's game right. reviewing YouTube channel that shouted me out not too long ago. That's probably why he's here. I'm surprised it's the first time I've shouted you out. I feel like I've mentioned you multiple times before. Maybe that's the first time Nick, Nick saw it. So, yes. It it's good to be to, here. Yeah, it tends to happen. It's, it's great I, to be here. I'm tired of the background noise of the internet these days. <laughs> was it in a good... It was... I was hopefully... It was shouted out in a good... Con, in a, like a I good would never dare say bad thing about Yaku. Okay. I would be his wrath. Like, I'm no yeah. fool. So, I just... You know, let's just... No. It was, it was, it was, it was high praise indeed. I don't it was, know. It was I was actually co-opting your ideas in relation to bland games. And I'm like, ah. remember that, that extra that you're like, ah, bland games are far worse than bad games. I'm like, yes, I say as I play Rainbow Six Extraction and I hit hour 15 and I'm like, Yahtzee was right. There's nothing yeah. else to be said on this topic. He's already done it. Well, that's that's irrelevant because, of course, my point is that bad is better because it's a lot more memorable than bland. Well, I guess I suppose that's the other framing of it. Yes. Well, yes. yeah, and bland feels like uh, uh, bad feels like at least they swung for the fences and completely yeah. missed. Yeah. And totally. at, at least there, I can give them points for like trying, even if it's a complete Absolutely. disaster. Then, it's relevant yeah. because the subject we picked, just a nice sort of evergreen sort of subject for this week's podcast, is what are the games that we're going to be remembering from our current age 10 years from now. This follows on from the last time Marty and I did one of these when we were talking about Spec Ops The Line, which is uh, 10 years old now. Did you play that one? Hell, hell yeah, I did. But I actually played it quite late. Um, and yeah, I, I played it with like a the game critic brain where I kind of knew exactly what it was going into. I'm like, oh, I'm ready to have yeah. my expectations subverted. Right. And obviously that's not the coolest way to experience that. It should just be like, hey, you think you're going to play uh, shitty knockoff COD and whoa, all of a sudden it's Heart of Darkness. How about that? You know? Um, yeah, yeah so, I had the, yeah, that was the best. Amazing. I, had the, I had the best possible experience by having nothing spoiled for me going mm. and just assumed it was a, a, a contemporary war shooter. A war shooter. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, totally. it's it's funny because it feels like uh, yeah. So it was just its tenth anniversary, uh, I think, last weekend, um, and it feels like one of the few shooter campaigns of the last decade that we still talk about. Mm. Um, maybe maybe because we get so few like just traditional yeah. shooter campaigns now, um, but it feels like one of those things that like despite not being you know mechanically the most interesting thing. Uh, despite, you know, having a lot of rough edges, uh, the sort of originality of its presentation and ideas is something that, well, I guess, at least in gaming, because obviously you mentioned Heart of Darkness and everything, um, is something that has stood out over the past decade. And I feel like, yeah, sort of bouncing off that to think of, you know, what uh, what current games, um, you know, mm. might be able to do that same thing in a decade from now, are we still going to be talking about with the same reverence? Well, I yeah. guess what we're talking about is what's memorable rather than what's good. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out. Does that mean like Stranger in Paradise gets to get on this list because of Jack and his like <laughs> his amazing one-liners? That gets that gets on there, but like the new Tomb Raider games don't, for example, because they're all very polished and very good. But I well, feel like no one's gonna talk about those in ten years' time. One yeah. of the extra punctuation I did was on the subject of Prey 2017, and my point was that. Ooh. Everyone kind of stopped talking about that game as well, and I think it might be because there are no rough edges to it. It's just too like polished and fine. Do you think that? Do you think no one talks about Prey anymore? I, well, I, well, I move in like video game journal circles, and it doesn't seem to come up that much around us. I feel like I, I feel like it gets talked about not all the time. Obviously, I still feel like Dishonored gets talked about more in that immersive sim space, Deus Ex mm. for sure. But I think. Prey's legacy has certainly grown over the, over time. I feel like when it arrived, there was the review controversy because it was getting four out of tens from IGN because it had some save file bug. Yeah, I was losing yeah. my mind over that. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's good, but it's not as good as Dishonored because I think people wanted more Dishonored. And then I think over time, with a bit of space from it, people have realized, hey, this is actually pretty 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 fantastic haunted house in space like spiritual success at a system shock really nailed it the moon crash dlc have you guys played that one yet yeah and that's a like interesting that sort of roguelite yeah, stuff right yeah. it was it was really interesting and um i actually think that's like the best part of prey so i don't know i i personally will i always can reference prey i always come back to it because i feel like that's probably my favorite immersive sim and yeah i always like when it's mentioned Personally. It feels like it might be one of those games that ended up getting a like uh, reappraisal, which um, yes. you know we see a lot. It feels like that was reappraisal. Oh, that's so good. Let's pretend I did that on purpose. Um, but yeah, it feels like it's one of those games that I, I think at the time, like you said, there was a review controversy, and I don't think a lot of folks were talking about it on year-end lists or anything like that. But no, yeah. um, mm. over time. You know, you look back on it and like, like Scallop, how long, like, how long have you been like, well, like, what were some of the first games you remember, like you covered? Uh, it's on your so funny. Of? Prey was one of the first games I actually okay. reviewed because I've only been reviewing games for three years ish, maybe <laughs> four, I think in that ballpark. So I think yeah. it was like Breath of the Wild, Mass Effect, Andromeda and Prey, I think were among the first batch of games that I actually reviewed. So I'm well, like, a lot to say about those three. <laughs> I, maybe yeah. it's, well, maybe because I've been doing it much longer, but I've always grouped Prey alongside James Cameron's Avatar. Well, the, the time it came Ooh. out, it was a big thing that everyone talked about. But now today, if someone said, hey, they're making Avatar 2, most people would go, well, who the fuck cares about that? That's, That's so what, interesting. Listen, I keep saying, listen, we're getting Avatar 2 this fall, and Avatar <laughs> 3 and 4 are currently being filmed, <laughs> I think, and we're getting them every two years. So listen, this is uh, the, 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 the decade of the Avatar is upon us. That's yeah. what you get for disrespecting Avatar. You sequels, <laughs> right? That's the punishment that you get. So No, but it is a weird thing where it was, you know, for a small amount of time, it was, yes. you know, the highest grossing movie of all time and the center of pop culture and was nominated for a bunch of Oscars, but like no one has. But I wonder about that, that like that center of pop culture thing, because I don't remember Avatar being the center of pop culture ever or having any cultural footprint whatsoever i remember really? it being this movie that people like oh i saw it nine times in the cinema and 3d is super cool and then no one talked about it outside of those talking points like i have seen it this amount of times it has made this amount of money that's it do you know what i mean yeah. like yeah I remember yeah being huge at the time it came out but there was all these news articles about how people were genuinely killing themselves because they couldn't live in the world of avatar and then like a year later absolutely nothing 
Well, it was, it had yeah. that, you know, it was, um, it was tethered to uh, 3D movies and we thought 3D was going to be the future and, and mm. people were trying to get their 3D TVs. And I remember like, I think Killzone 3, there was like a 3D version you could oh, play at home yeah. and stuff. I played, um, I played I had oh, a 3D, God. I had a 3D TV at home basically because uh, we went to the, we needed a new TV. So I went to the electronics shop and they had one and they had a 3d one and the dude said look we'll just give you the 3d one for the same price as the normal one please just take it <laughs> we just don't want this here anymore yeah so we figured might as Love well it. yeah you can play kill zone 3 and things stick out and yeah uh, that's, that was about it <laughs> you should put that on the box you could play kill zone 3 and things stick out I feel kind of bad for Killzone that it feels like uh, that's all I remember from Killzone 3. The only thing anyone remembers from Killzone 2 is that uh, completely bullshit um, trailer. Mm. Like the the trailer that the graphics were clearly not the game Mm. and that they were presenting it as in-game footage and it was clearly not. And then Shadowfall was like a completely forgettable PS4 launch game. I hated that game so much. Yeah, now Gorilla's never going to go back to that now that they have all yeah. the Yeah, and it's so weird when you see people like, I really hope they resurrect Killzone. And like, yeah. you're the only one that thinks that, dude. <laughs> no, yeah. Be quiet. Yeah. Well there's, well, there's no linear shooter franchises besides COD these days, are there? I mean, I guess some Bethesda studios are trying to, to carry the torch. Well, like, we Doom. have Doom. Yeah, yeah. Doom and Wolfenstein. Yeah. Um, no new and, ideas, and, though. Uh, it's the indie stuff. No. There's, 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 oh there's yeah, stuff there's, the if you want game, like retro shooters, indie stuff mm. will keep you busy for days at the moment. Because that's yeah. where the that's where the nostalgia wave is at the moment. Yeah, mm. yeah, it is interesting. I guess what is the last like triple A new uh, single player shooter? Like what was the last one that Doom stood? But like, oh, well, like completely new IP, even like, oh new IP. Um... Like Deus, it's not first person, but I Deus, think like Deus Ex was a reboot. Yeah. Yep. Um, Here's another challenge. When was the last AAA fighting game that did not have pre-established characters in it? AAA fighting game, I feel like that term. It, I mean, Street Fighters is, is guilty. Is the those guilty gear? Are they AAA? Uh, the there was some DNF duel. That is that a AAA? I don't know. The whole AAA I literally fighting don't know games, what that game is. Know. Yeah, I, know, I don't cool. either, I except I see Mr. Ultimate from IGN keeps posting yeah. about it. I'm like, hey, that looks like a cool game, but I've yeah. never heard anything about it until he starts posting GIFs of him playing it, you know? Exactly, so, exactly. I guess you can't really do AAA one-on-one fighters anymore because you can't show yeah. off the massive graphics as much. Yeah. So yeah. Like, um, like folks, or something. Uh, in terms of shooters, nice. yeah, folks in the chat were mentioning Titanfall, which I, I would say Titanfall yep. 2 was probably my last favorite shooter campaign. Um, Titanfall 1 come out. Let me just double check. That was, that. I think, 2014. I think it was like the second Sounds year right. of the of the generation. Spot on, yeah, 2014. Yeah, and that was the weird thing where it didn't really have a campaign. Like, it sort of had a fake single-player thing, but it yeah, was mostly was a, just multiplayer. Yeah, that was my sticking point. And then Titanfall 2 came out with a really good single-player, and I was like, where the fuck was this? Yeah. yeah and then they were like, we can make a lot more money with Apex Legends. Apex <laughs> Legends, let's yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Is anyone yeah, still playing that? Apex? Apex big. Yeah. Apex is huge. They okay. are making money hand over fist. It's growing all the time. And they just released a mobile port, actually, which is very good. Um, I mean, obviously, the touch controls are their own thing. But, hey, you know, mobile gamers don't seem to mind that stuff as much. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, it's very competent. I booted it up. And um, it's good. That That's a game I like to see do well because 
it's just a cool team and they made a really high quality product and they continue to pump it in all the right ways. And I don't know. I like looking at that one and seeing it. Well, it doesn't seem like it has sort of the, the gross uh, money grabbing stigma around no, it. No. Like yeah. A lot of other, you know, free play games might have. Multiplayer yeah, is not really my area, of course. Sure. Yeah, I was gonna say, Scope, you're 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 much more of a multiplayer guy, I think, than than we are, because you're a big like Destiny, Final Fantasy fourteen, right? I've seen yeah. your coverage of those. Yeah, for my sins, yes, I played yeah. Destiny. No, those are. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not proud of it. But we all have our crosses to bear. Destiny's mine, so yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I that that I mean, one game that we'll talk about in years. I mean, Destiny two was two thousand and uh, twenty seventeen. Yeah, Destiny one was I want to say twenty. 14, I think also 2014 because I think it was early in the generation because yeah. there was still like a PS3 and 360 version of it at launch. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I feel like Destiny is not a game that we're going to be talking about in 10 years. It's like a game that we kind of continue to play in 10 years time, if you know what I mean. And yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of an interesting thread as well in that in this discussion and the sense that back in the day games were made and you would play Spec Ops the, Spec Ops the Line uh -huh. and then you would finish it and then yeah. you would just talk about it after that. But I think many of the games that might, we might think about now in terms of like modern classics and whatever, they are designed to be played for a decade, not just talked about a decade later, but actually played yeah. a decade later. Live I think, you service, know, ongoing games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like World of Warcraft, for example, that was the one back in the day. That was it, you know, and, and now there's just so many different options that will I keep was, you yeah. playing. I was replaying No Man's Sky last week. Speaking of things oh. that have been sticking around for a while. How did you find it? Um, I'm actually take like, Nick, the editor, has been suggesting for a while that I do a re-review of No Man's Sky since they've, oh, yeah. you know, unfucked it up. <laughs> and um, I, I'm going to do that because bugger all else is coming out this time, around this time of year. Sure. So I'm, I think I'm going to do that because I actually got drawn into it for a while. It certainly is quite a different beast now that they've fixed it. Maybe there's a series in that. Games that, mm. if you go back to it after a while, uh, turns out uh, first impressions don't matter so much. I mean, that's, uh, you know, we, we brought up stuff, uh, Destiny, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, um, Final Fantasy XIV, Warframe. Like, these are games that, um, the, the, the games they are today are not the games they were when they launched. And, and um, you know, for every something like anthem that that comes along and and within a year or so is is you know dug a fresh grave we have these certain games that the the publishers are are, are willing to stick with uh for a long enough time to, to make them pretty good and make them actually kind of stick out and 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 stay around and i think mm -hmm. it is interesting talking about you know a decade from now it's possible some of these games are we're like they're still going to be there's probably still going to be fucking GTA 5 online a decade from now, <laughs> you know, um, some version yeah. of Warzone, some version of Fortnite, some version yeah. of My Minecraft, um, you know, those games are, are sort of built to withstand the test of time. Well, when I think of games that we're still going to be talking about as like significant in 10 years time, I think of like the sea changes in the way games are designed. Mm -hmm. And as for like the most recent game that did that, I, I might have to say it's we're still in like the dark souls era and that was the mm. last game that caused a massive sea change at least in single player design because um, elden ring of course this year big hit is it going to be the thing we're still talking about in 10 years i i don't think we are i think we're just going to keep saying that it's part of the dark souls era that's interesting yeah i don't know uh, yeah because you look at elden ring it's 
it's good, but it's just Dark Souls, but it's open world now. It's Dark Souls, but it's got, you know, <laughs> the open world infection. Dark, Dark Souls, but more. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I, I mean, it is, like, when I think of, I guess, like, FromSoft's, like, entire portfolio or oeuvre or whatever, um, that is probably the definitive thing of the past, you know, 12, 13 years, I guess, since Demon Souls came out. Um, but we still refer to them sort of as the Dark Souls games. Um, and I'm not sure, even though Elden Ring, Elden Ring and Bloodborne are probably my two favorite of them, I, I'm still going to sort of refer to them all collectively as the Dark Souls games. And I still weirdly think of them as one like singular kind of amorphous entity. Yeah, 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 Yeah. I guess not an amorphous, but almost like in the way that you think of something like the MCU as one giant, like, (sighs) you know, blob of of something. Um, As much as I love, like, Elden Rings. FromSoft Games, the MCU of video games. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Check that that FromSoft Reddit. I think Yahtzee's just going to mute me for saying that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they need to cross over a bit more first. I'm a bit, yeah, I guess that's true. Ah! Yeah, yes. but more than the Moonlight Greatsword. And Patches. Patches is the Nick Fury yeah. of... Uh, of yeah, that's the, true, uh, he is. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're bringing a team together. I'm kicking yes. them down this hole. <laughs> and he just, just kicks them all down the hole one by one. The Chosen yeah. Undead. Uh, I've seen that in the cinema nine times. That's, that's yeah. great. Undead, yeah. Bloodborne, Bloke for Sekiro. All of them down <laughs> yeah. the hole. I I think that the I read somewhere that you like um, Dark. I don't even know who said it. it. Sounds like a bit of a wank, but I think it's partly true that from sort of Dark Souls is kind of uh, the start of a new like. We're, we're post Dark Souls, right? There's pre and post Dark Souls within uh-huh. video games, yeah, like yeah. you know, what, what, else and is, I, what else has caused a new wave of things called Souls likes? <sighs> yeah, um, but I also think the way it's not just hey, because there's lots of games like. Dark Souls, as in there's Ashen and there's Lords of the Fallen and there's the Surge and whatever. But I think it was the way that it expanded the design language of um, melee RPG action games. You know, uh-huh. even Jedi Fallen Order, for example, had some Dark Souls in it for some reason. Yeah. Stormtroopers would respawn when you meditate. Why? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. They just did. You know, it. don't question it. Just go with it. Uh, so mm. I can't think of another game that has had such a prolific impact on overall game design language in the last little while, except, and uh, no, actually there's nothing else I think. I would say obviously the, the battle royale genre yeah. is another one of those breaks where it's like, okay, before this we had Halo and then we had Call of Duty and then we had the battle royale era and that was its own, that's its own new thing. But that's even an interesting one because do we like who do you give credit to for that like that's almost like a wolfenstein and do thing is it like PUBG uh introduced it and then fortnite popularized it like is fortnite still kind of its own thing because it's like it's mostly just the kids that like the fortnite isn't it it's like the less realistic style it is it's definitely the kids (laughs) yeah i think it's more than the kids though because i think a lot of money gets spent on that and granted the kids have the parents who spend the money so um yeah but like uh, some people bringing yeah. up the Binding of Isaac was uh, pretty influential, for sure. Roguelike yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Minecraft with crafting, and yeah. yeah, every other big indie release is either roguelite or Souls-like, or both. 
Yes, yeah, Slay exactly. the Spire with the whole. I mean, were there deck? What was were there deck builders before Slay the Spire? I have it in my head that Slay the Spire was the first, but were there ones before well, that? And Slay the Spire, right? Just, no, I mean, so when I say, I mean, roguelike deck builders. Sorry. Oh, okay, that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, not just through, like card games. Not, yeah. not, no, no, not, not card games, but like. I'm trying, was there anything before Slay the Spire? Because now it feels like every week indie devs are releasing a new, collect, like a new, you know, uh, like deck builder. You know, it's funny these days. It's almost like when you get like a new trend in indie games or games generally, they don't really have individual codifiers the way Souls like did. So we got deck builders. There's a ton of those. No one could really. No one's really sure where they started. But no one's really sure where Battle Royale started. No one's really sure where Time Loop started. Time loops in indie games. It was weird because it's like Majora's Mask, but then no one made one for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like, so is it, is it fair to credit Majora's Mask? Because it, it didn't take But then if Majora's no one Mask did one it. for like... It, 20 well, I years guess, after that. Yeah, it was Majora's Mask. And then, I, I mean, I think the game that's done it the best, at least for me. So one of my games that I think will absolutely withstand the test of the time is Outer Wilds. That's the greatest mm. game ever made. So yeah, I agree it's, with you. I mean, arguably, honestly, uh, I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> um, and, and that's a thing that... When I think of the games we're still going to be talking about, I'm not thinking of games that are just going to be kind of iterative. Like, we're never going to get an Outer Wilds 2. At least I hope we don't get an Outer Wilds 2. Mm -hmm. And as much as I like the the what, Echoes of the Eye, was that what the DLC yeah. was called? The yeah. little expansion. Um, as much as I love that, I love that it's sort of one full story now. Um, I just want to see what they do next. Like, I want to see what their next wild yeah. idea is with hopefully, you know, a lot more money thrown at it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, Outer Wilds is like such a perfect example of of an incredible vision executed at the like highest possible level yeah i agree i think for so many reasons as well because obviously this is couched in the context of a time loop game and it is the greatest time loop game ever made like i mean obviously we can have that conversation about majora's mask fair enough mm -hmm. but i think it is um but i think the other context that um outer wild sits in is also an open world exploration game and mm. i think that that plus breath of the wild create a really interesting another break in that design philosophy because the last generation was the, the era of the open world ubisoft game and hey yeah. here's all the map markers and let's do all of them and now there's even more map markers yeah and that like... was just no you go on you go i always feel like breath of the wild was almost a return to form because as you say open worlds sort of drifted away this is another thing I did next punctuation about. Uh, the open world sort of lost sight of what a sandbox conceptually is. It's mm -hmm. a thing that you go in, you can go anywhere, you can do what you like. But Ubisoft developed like the concept of the open world that's more like the single-player MMO, where when you start the game, there's a starting area, and you can only do stuff there because you're only leveled for that area. And as you progress through the game or plot, more of the open world opens up, and there's no particular reason to go back to any old areas. Uh, mm -hmm. I refer to that as the golf course rather than the sandbox. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Because you're like always it. going through holes 1 to 18. But Breath of the Wild yeah. was almost a return to sort of the retro attitude that you see in a lot of games on like the Commodore 64 were just very bad at explaining where you were supposed to go and what you were supposed to do. So you just sort of drifted around uh, and or paid more yeah. attention to the manual, I suppose. And yeah. Breath of the Wild is almost in... Like, spiritually, it's almost like the very first Zelda game, where you can go anywhere in the oh, world absolutely. and go to any dungeon first. Yeah, and that yeah. was that was definitely sort of their their um, 
design mantra, I think, with it. And I, I think the difference with, um, in terms of open world games uh, with Breath of the Wild and with um, Outer Wilds, and honestly, Elden Ring to an extent, is um, it feels, uh, wandering through those worlds feel like genuine exploration where yes. a lot of other open world games whether it be ubisoft or you know even a lot of the first party sony games which i really like like i really like stuff like ghost of tsushima and everything um and and the spider-man games it feels like uh you're you're checking things off a list it feels like you're like well i have a saturday open and i need to do all my chores yeah. um and the chores can feel fun like swinging through manhattan feels fun and the world of, of tsushima is gorgeous um mm. but they didn't have like whatever that sort of unidentifiable sense of awe and exploration that well, those three games that I mentioned were able to give me. It's so interesting because there is, so Outer Wilds, it's made by, it's led by a guy called Alex Beecham. Mm -hmm. Alex Beecham wrote a thesis on Outer Wilds because Outer Wilds started as a student project. And the core of his, and as he explains the genesis of his thesis, he points back to Wind Waker. And he remembers one moment in Wind Waker where he gets sent to, he, he arrives on an island and he's speaking to someone. And this person says, oh yeah, there's this thing over on this other island to the east or something like this. Don't, paraphrasing. Uh -huh. They didn't give you a map marker. They didn't give you a quest. They just allude to something off in the offing, right? Uh -huh. And he basically took that and ran with it. And he created this thing, which he terms curiosity driven exploration which is that the idea that the reason that we explore is because our curiosity has been piqued not necessarily because there's a reward model in place that we are chasing or yeah. some kind of like gap in the puzzle that we need to fill and um from that theory from that thesis i should say of curiosity driven exploration comes out of wilds but I also think it come, from it comes the likes of Breath of the Wild, where so much of that game is about like, hey, that question of like, what's over there? You know, you just see something. And sometimes when you get there, there's nothing there. And I think that's one of the coolest parts of these sorts of experiences. I think Sable did this really well. I'm not sure if you guys played Sable. I like Sable, yeah. Yeah. But um, so often there's just nothing there in Sable. It's just empty. But you are still interested enough to go over there and look and you look around, you're like, yeah, there's nothing here. And then you leave. But you've just, the fact that you had that curiosity in you at all, I think was the win. And that's the kind of thing that Ubisoft games, for example, just don't, aren't interested yeah. in creating in you. That yeah. it's led by the nose the whole time. I think I saw yeah. a comment somewhere where half the time, if you're in like an Ubisoft open world and you see something in the distance that you're curious about, you tend to think, oh, I probably can't go there yet. I can't go exactly. there yet because I haven't been told to go there. And if I go there, there'll just be a big wall. Yeah, or you yeah. know what's there before you go there because it's a giant icon on your map. It's a sword or a gun on your map or a diamond. And so you know, oh, it's resources there or it's a compound I need to clear out or it's an NPC to talk to. Whereas you mm -hmm. don't, you know, it, I think curiosity, that's the kind of the perfect way to put it, at least in, in you know, those couple games that we're talking about. They really yeah. sort of, um, they, they encourage and reward the curiosity and like you said i think an important part of it is also not having it be completely crammed with stuff like the ability to to you know come over a hill and have there be nothing on the other side is yeah. also kind of important in terms of that pacing if you yeah. compare Absolutely. breath of the wild to ubisoft sort of breath of the wild take which was uh uh, Immortals, Phoenix, Phoenix, Rising. Phoenix Rising, the worst yeah. name ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I actually really like that game as well. I thought it was way. charming. Sure. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I was still struggle to remember the name. 
Yeah. Yes. All, the main thing I remember from that is uh, you have to find the icons by standing still and like going into zoom mode and turning around very slowly and looking for the spot where it goes widdly wee and then putting down an icon and then moving on to, to the next one and it felt so boring and it felt like uh-huh. it felt like such like data entry busy work uh yeah I, I, what's dying light 2 uses that same yeah that same mechanic of yeah. scanning i it's almost like i eventually see it as wiping my cursor over the horizon i'm doing this yeah. one until eventually yeah. something pings and i'm like, like cool like, there's something over there it's like playing a point click adventure game back in the day and you're not sure what bits <laughs> in the room you can interact with so you just yeah it over everything yeah 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 are there any of those like really ubisofty style map marker driven games that would that will stand the test of time because i think obviously outer wilds and elden ring and breath of the wild will all stand the test of time in some way but are there any of those in so many i think the ones that stand out are the ones that do something beyond that 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 use like that as a foundation to do something good and the one that springs to mind is middle earth shadow of mordor with its Mm. uh rather wonderful nemesis system Mm -hmm. you know uh uh, mileage may vary as far as the sequel went i yeah i only played a little bit of the first i didn't touch the second at all um yeah i i really love that nemesis system but i did find that whole yeah map marker thing was just a bit i yeah. bounced off that title pretty it, quickly well, if, you don't, if you don't it, engage with the nemesis stuff then it is just a very assassin's creedy assassin's creed like yeah you, know, you can make your, your the idea was you were supposed to make your own stories with the orcs and you know i engaged with that a bit and i had a lot of fun yeah, and I think part of the reason we still think we still talk about it is because they trademarked that, and we and they've just kept it locked in a closet outside of those two games. And so, like, it's probably going to come back with their Wonder Woman game that's coming out in a few years. But I didn't even um, know they were making a Wonder Woman game. That's yeah, they revealed it. I think a year year and a half ago or so, just with like a teaser, like you don't know anything about it, right. but just uh, yeah, Monolith doing Wonder Woman, and they've said it's going to have uh, the Nemesis system, which you could totally sort of picture, like thugs and goons slowly rising i hope it has that um the soundtrack from the zax from the snyder oh my god just that she appears yeah (laughs) every time every gameplay mechanic exactly perfect perfect um in terms of uh ubisoft ubisoft the far cry and assassin's creed games that i feel like still get talked about often are the ones that did zig a little bit while the rest of them zagged and that being far cry 2 which was just before the Far Cry 3 sort of yeah, explosion Cry, I, of towers and everything. I still think Far Cry 3 is a good game, although it is the thing that started the whole Ubisoft model yes, of it is. On maps. But individually, yeah. Far Cry 3 initially, I really liked it. I really liked the story mm-hmm. as well. I mean, yeah. everyone, everyone latched on to the main villain. Vars. Vars, yeah. I, I think the story of the main character is really good as well. Blood Dragon can I say, top tier. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, to your point earlier, Atsy, about that they do something else. Sometimes it's the packaging that really uh-huh. clicks. And Blood Dragon, I've gone back and played a few times over the years because it's just so fucking cool to have this dude and the cyber dinosaurs and don't do drugs. Like, it's just yeah. sick. And so I don't mind sitting through it for five or six hours. And that's and also it knows its limits. That's the other mm. thing. This uh-huh. genre I think is quite exhausting. Oh yeah, it can be in the tail end. But this is just a really tight. It's like a tight five kind of thing, you know. Mm. And yeah. um, 
and it steps off exactly when it needs to and i love that and i think that that is one of the best games ubisoft has ever made yeah yeah uh, i think so bre- brevity games, is to play games really don't know how to stop anymore do they nope mm. yeah they really they really didn't like i i was i have not been able to get into um the the horizon game from earlier this year and part of it was because like those games are cursed to release alongside yeah. generational <laughs> games like breath of the wild and elden ring um sure but it was just one of those things where, like, I put five hours into it. I wasn't out of the opening area. And I was like, this is going to be like a, this is going to be a full-time commitment. Like, this is going to be a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I could appreciate how gorgeous it was. And I, I like the combat options. And it was just one of those, like, I, I don't know. I, I had much more patience for that when I was, when I was like in like high school and college and didn't have a job and just yeah, yeah. playing a game could, could be my job. Um, yeah, whereas now we sort of have yeah. to be jack all trades. That little conversation happens where us game journalists feel uh, distanced from the audience again, because we really, we start to really resent games that we have to play like 50 hours in a week to get through the bloody <laughs> things. And everyone else is going, well, uh, yeah. I think I think it's fun to have lots of fun in the game. And yeah, like, yes, yeah. Yes, well, in theory, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's true. I mean, we I think we had 10 days to play through Horizon. It's 40 hours long. So that's better than most, though, because I've certainly received my fair share of embargo review code for a 40-hour game, and it's four days before. Yeah, like, yep. yeah, Cyberpunk. Yeah. Cyberpunk only dropped like, the day before release because they knew what they were yeah. releasing there. They knew what they were doing yeah. there, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. Which is that uh, that's that's interesting. That's a game we'll be yeah. talking about in ten years for unfortunately all the wrong reasons. So. Yeah. What about they, okay? So what about it all? Does they fix it all like they did No Man's Sky, and then we probably stop talking about it all together just because it's less interesting to talk about now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I feel. I mean, I'm I'm very <clears throat> excuse me. I'm very much on the record. I actually really like Cyberpunk, right? And that's a deeply unpopular opinion, but that's what I think. I need to but play I, it once they've gotten all the bugs out. They've got most of them out, as I as I understand. I haven't gone back and replayed it since, but I think the consensus now is that it is not perfect, but it is. It's it's gonna it's gonna have your standard open world game kind of issues. You know, they yeah. always retain that kind of that yeah. jank. Um. But I think we will continue to talk about it in 10 years because of how that all went down rather than because of the game itself, which is right. a real bummer. But that's just sometimes a game's legacy. Yeah. yeah. When I first saw the uh, E3 trailers of Cyberpunk, I didn't feel like it was doing anything we hadn't seen before in Immersive Sims. So, yeah, that's the only real story attached to it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, like if the story of cyberpunk is the disaster or if the disaster is the opening paragraph or mm. you know a footnote um sure. because it seems like you know witcher 3 is one of those games people still bring up all the time and it's been seven years since yeah. then um and still bring up you know very fondly uh and and uh maybe it's because it's sort of uh, cyberpunk became the studio making the big open world fantasy game and and when others were falling like you know bioware and bethesda um sort of uh finding nicks in their armor with stuff like uh fallout 76 and anthem like uh uh you know uh, cd project red was still standing strong and then obviously they took their shot on the jaw with with cyberpunk so it seems like is like from software like the last man standing of the um triple a studio that can do no, no wrong until eventually they do wrong because everyone's gonna screw up on something eventually 
You're really uh, keen to piss oh, off well, the FromSoft subreddit today, aren't you? I, I know. Really, I love FromSoft. <laughs> like, I really love I'm going to make some enemies today. <laughs> Miyazaki is infallible. You I heard it here first on the Escapist podcast, guys. <laughs> well, to uh, answer your question, Supergiant Games comes to mind. There's a developer that's not. Yeah. I think they're foot, four for four. Yeah. Foot wrong, really. Yeah. Um, and they've. Hades and mm-hmm. uh, Transistor yeah. and Bastion and the other one. Pyre. True. Don't Pyre. don't call religious basketball the other one. Sorry, it has, I, it has a name. I, I, I remember that yeah. one. Yeah, that was yeah. weird. That one wasn't it's it? A, it was was great. It's a well-written game. I think this, I've said the same thing for every Supergiant game. It's really well-written. I love the writing. I mm-hmm. kind of bounce off the gameplay in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, you think, felt that of Hades. Hades is fine, but it's you know standard fine. <laughs> like the, oh, okay. The primary loop is just your know, isometric hack and slash. Which, but it's which, done so well. It's done super well. It's, it's yeah, so it's tight. Done super well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that that the, the build craft there that comes out of it, that the roguelike, they 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 really nailed that side of it. Just how varied your builds can be and how viable all of them are. And yeah, yeah it's, it was a really that's that they did that super well. And that, that might be yeah, like I'm the shining gonna... example of early access. Um, mm. Like you know, a game that released in early access, but they weren't trying to like sort of cram it down our throats like it was very it was not publicized very much in early access but mm. it allowed them to get the feedback they needed to really fine-tune it and then when it released you know it was uh, a lot of people's wow. you know favorite game of 2020. I guess you're yeah. right because I completely forgot it released early access. Yeah yeah and it wasn't a super long I think it was only 15 months or so of early access um, and they were very transparent with what they were doing but uh, it really helped them sort of nail down that that primary gameplay loop which became I think my first roguelite for a lot of people. Um, True. Um, yeah. So it, it, I think in in the way that um, you know Souls games sort of helped handhold people into new genre. I think uh, I think that was able to do it too. And I see some folks in the chat, you know, sticking with indie games, talking about Hollow Knight. And I think that's another sure. example of a game that um, I guess we'll see. Uh, Silk Song can maybe bolster or break. Hollow Knight's reputation, I think. If if Silk Song's great, I think Hollow Knight will sort of be placed on an even further and higher pedestal. pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if uh, people are kind of bummed out by it and, and roll their eyes and say, oh, we waited five years for this. <laughs> we chomped at the bit at every Nintendo Direct for this. Um, so so that'll be, I don't know, that'll be interesting. Mm. Shall yeah. we start on Super Chats? Uh, is, yeah, yeah, let's I go for it. We usually talk about this long before we start on the Super Chats, and they usually drive discussion a bit. Yeah, I have a bunch of games I want to I want to bring up, but I'll, I'll, I think I'll be able to bring them up through the yeah, Super Chats. They'll probably come up. Excuse me, I'm just going to swallow oh, yeah. a cough drop. Lovely. Still fighting can, off the old COVID. Yeah, it's uh, it's tremendous fun, isn't it? Can, can recommend. Yeah, the whole family got it, including <laughs> yep. my two toddlers. Oh, that's sorry to hear brutal. that. That's, Absolutely that's, brutal. What a lot of fun that was. Anyway. Did, were they okay, though? Because, I, I mean, I have a toddler, and she was kind of just, like, bouncing off the walls when she had it. She was like, you wouldn't even know she was sick. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, actually, like, uh, my eldest, who's, like, two, uh, was really sick for a while. She threw up. She uh. had a big fever. She, like, wouldn't get off the couch and just wanted to nap mm. all day. Oh, that's a problem. That sucks. That's so depressing. My newborn's uh, been a bit more upbeat, but... You can, she's very hoarse, and you can hear it when she screams, and it and it breaks your heart. No, but anyway, well, I hope they recover quickly. Yeah, yeah, me too. Believe me. 
Uh, Marty, let me know if I miss any. Absolutely. Uh, I think we're starting with Eve Daly. I believe so. Who gives two euros to say, welcome, skill up, and any new folks in the chat today. Yes, indeed. Welcome to everyone. Thank you so much, Eve. Yes, if you're Thank wondering you. why we haven't been reading out the Super Chats and you're new to the podcast, it's because this is when we do it. Yeah, there's uh, no zip- perfect way to do Super Chats. We've realized, mm-hmm. like, we save them to the end and then there will be a Super Chat that is commenting on a goof we made 45 minutes ago and neither of us <laughs> remember the goof. And so it's like, what the fuck did that mean? <laughs> uh, Rule uh, has been a member for eight months on bonus content and uses their member chat to say, what is considered a modern game these days? PS3, Stroke, Xbox, Original, and later. Curious to know for suggesting games for the discussion. Well, as you were saying earlier, Skill Up, uh, the fact that you play games for so much longer these days has very much extended what counts as a modern era, I suppose. Mm. That's true. Big time. Yeah. I mean, Dark Souls itself is like uh, 10 years old now, isn't it? Roundabouts? It's 11 11 years old, 2011. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, when I was thinking of this, I arbitrarily had a decade in mind, Um, maybe even nine years. Maybe I was thinking like uh, the the PS4 and uh, Xbox One launched in the fall of 2013. So anything after that would be uh, would be modern, but uh, yeah, we do have interesting and odd console generations. Um, it does you know, feel the, like yeah, the the consoles like sort of define it because when I think of like the PS3 straight 360 era, I think of brown mm-hmm. cover shooters and lots of yeah. boom. Yeah, those yes. those consoles were really good at making brown. They made they made <laughs> tremendous yeah. tremendous brown. Best brown yeah. in the business. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I wouldn't think of it along the t- um, along the lines of console generations or time i feel i feel like it's sort of the style of game like for example deus ex the classic ones you would not say that that is a modern game because it feels very old now but then you look at something like system shock 2 and you go back and play and you're like well hang on this still feels modern even though it's really old i think it's about whether or not the genre has advanced since or, or moved to a new sort of like epoch not the right word but yeah you know to that next evolution since the release of that previous game so half-life still feels modern in a way you Uh know you can go back and play it versus i'm sure there's lots of those brown spec ops the line style shooters but not spec ops that you play now and you're just like yeah this is old man this is this is yeah 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 you can even look at it with like uh you know, look at like the Nintendo generations, like the Super Nintendo era with stuff like Super Metroid and Link to the Past and Mario World, <clears throat> and then even RPGs like Chrono Trigger and Earthbound. Um, I think those games hold up incredibly now. I think you could yeah. play them for the first time. And from a visual standpoint, from a gameplay standpoint, I think they hold up tremendously. Whereas the N64 era, um, sort of unless you were there, I think it'd be really tough to just hand someone that strange hot long yeah. controller yeah exactly golden eye <laughs> yeah. be like here we'll you go golden Enjoy. Eye, man. yeah or or perfect yeah. dark that's running at you know like uh, 10 frames, frames per second in multiplayer yeah 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 first generation 3d games very hard to go back to at this point yeah although there is a lot of there are a lot of retro shooters on steam recreating the first generation 3d graphics because it's passing yeah. through the nostalgia wave it'll probably definitely be yeah, in the same way that we had sort of like the Shovel Knight era of, mm-hmm. um, you know, folks making games that were very much homages to the NES and Super Nintendo sort of, but with the caveat that they're using, um, you know, the modern bells and whistles that they didn't have available back then. Mm. Mm. Uh, Tic Tac Talk, member for three months in early access, says, skill up, dude. 
Yes, this is the skill up, dude. Well spotted. <laughs> it's, it's you, the skill is up. Is that dude. the whole super chat? That that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's it. That's it. What was, what was this guy's name? Tic Tac Talk. Tic Tac Talk. That is a sick super chat. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, and Guglop, member for five months in early access, says games change so much from release now. Big factor? Question mark. Um, see, I, I would have, would have said that the first impression always matters, but as I said, I've been playing No Man's Sky a lot over the last week, and it really has improved to the point that people don't really seem to remember the negativity when, when it first no. came out. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel, well, I think if pressed, we all can remember it pretty vividly, because it was a big deal. I mean, he was on the Colbert show, like, really pumping it, you know, yeah, it was a yeah. thing. Uh, but you're right, in terms of I think we're naturally predisposed to think about the good things and remember the good times. And uh, now we've, we get lots of good times to remember in a revived No Man's Sky. It does help us forget, uh, at least temporarily, the, the shit show that was the launch. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I rattled off those games earlier, but the same thing with Final Fantasy fourteen. Like, no one, yes. really, no one really talks about the complete fumble that was that original launch of, of Vanilla fourteen. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone talks like I guess what Realm Reborn that right that was like the sort of the reboot yep. of the game, and then uh, all the following expansions like those are the things people talk about with Vanilla fourteen being the footnote of man. Remember that was uh, pretty pretty weird back then. Sure, I mean Destiny two is another example. Yeah. Launched terribly, they wound back so much of what made Destiny great, and then they've just worked over the last you know however many years, five years, to rebuild that game, and it's in terrific state now i mean there's lots of issues with destiny don't get me wrong but um that's another one of those good news stories i think um, you're a, so yeah. you're a, you're a huge uh destiny guy are you optimistic with um sort of looking into the future with with bungie under sony's wing now uh, I, I unchanged in a way i think bungie have made very clear their kind of independence i think creatively and also commercially, in a way, they really like. When I remember when um, what's his name, Jim Ryan was like, no one should talk about the abortion stuff, and Bungie's like, we're gonna talk about the abortion stuff. We're yeah. only gonna tweet about abortion stuff now. Yeah. So they march the beat of their own drum, and I think they have good values in most aspects. The way they charge up and carve up destiny. Uh, is not the greatest and that's a whole other podcast right there don't get me wrong but yeah overall i think it's a good studio that i think is going to continue to produce really great stuff and and service its fans well but it's always going to be a little bit complicated with them yeah and it's going to be interesting to see how much i feel like part of sony grabbing them wasn't even for destiny it was for their talents and technology and and um you know their their design philosophy to then feed yes. into Sony's 13 live service games or whatever that they have in development or have Be- planned. Because in terms of, because I play a few live service games, Destiny is unquestionably, say we will about Destiny, is unquestionably one of the best live service games in the history of video games. It is remarkable what they are putting out on, and the cadence they're able to produce huh. that. Um, and so that is absolutely a textbook kind of case study that I can understand Sony want to own and then export to the rest of their game because it is truly like industry benchmark. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, uh, moving on. Vactor, member for 26 months in early access, says, I definitely agree with everyone regarding Portal. Mm, that was a game changer. <laughs> yeah. 
It's yeah. a, there, was, um, there, was, there was a sort of a trend for portal likes for a while, like uh, first-person puzzle games in labs. Talos yeah. Principle. Yeah, Talos Principle, Quantum Conundrum. Um, I never even heard of Quantum Conundrum. That was actually that was <laughs> by cool name, Kim. But... That was by Kim Swift, who was one of the people on the original. What was the yeah. uh, portal uh, no prototype? Back, no, no back no back drop. drop. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I think Portal it's... One and Portal Two, I think, have again maybe because Valve has been so stingy with Portal. Um, mm. You know, the second they announced in the last Nintendo Direct that they were coming to Switch, I was like, ooh, it's out now. And I bought it. And while I was downloading it, I'm like, why the fuck did I just spend $20 on that? I own this game like <laughs> several times. Like, why did I do that? Yeah. I almost want to say well, Portal think... was uh, like uh, uh, in the DNA of an awful lot of games you see these days. I think it might be in the DNA of the, the walking simulator style game as well. Yeah. I think it was around the time where it was really starting to explore what else could be done with the first-person viewpoint besides shooting and... Uh, yeah, it's true, true. <laughs> and even from a mechanics perspective, we have Splitgate today, which mm-hmm. we would not have were it not for Portal. So the, the influence of that has, yeah, been, been massive. Well, of course, yeah. that one of the best te- written games as well. Well, that kind of Portal technology yeah. was in the game Prey before it was in uh, Portal, the original Prey. The original prey, yeah, sure, you're right, yeah. you're right, it was mm, the sure, one with sure. the vagina doors, yeah, that one. <laughs> that's what I remember from prey. Great, I remember, I remember yeah. noticing that and thinking, wow, Portal just completely ate prey's lunch there, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, with that, with that technology. Uh, Leonardo Ospino gives 4,000 COPs, which is the currency, thanks, Definitely. Leonardo, he did 4,000 cops, it's yeah. too many cops. Well, it's, yes, isn't it great to live in the US right now? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, Zick Rule gives $5 and says, I kind of feel strange for admitting it, but Cooking Mama is one I go back to often, still waiting for a proper Switch release. I kind of like playing Cooking Mama, Zick Rule. I think it's it's nice to have sort of like a, a low effort high. You do a really simple task and then the game praises you to the <laughs> skies for it and you feel good about yourself. Like actual cooking, right? Yeah, I think it's exactly the, like actual cooking. I think the DS had a lot of... Uh, had a lot of games like that that I look back on really fine, fondly. Um, the WarioWare games of that time, uh, stuff like the Kirby Canvas Curse, um, Elite Beat Agents, like stuff that hasn't Elite really... Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stuff that hasn't really continued because that method of input just doesn't like... I think the Switch is touchscreen, I think. Yeah, it is. No one really but then no, it, it never uses it ever. Yeah, yeah. Ever. And so... Um, you know, I, some of those games, I guess, could have got ported to, to iOS or whatever, but um, it, it was those games of that very specific era like that, and then even like the Wii era of, of when we all went insane and wanted to buy a bunch of plastic shit to fill up our living rooms with to pretend uh, we were fishing Yes, and the Wii Stroke Guitar Hero era, the age of the living room full of plastic shit. Yeah. I'm curious if, and I don't even know, maybe it's happening now, if there's going to be a... a a, a plastic instrument renaissance like in the same way there was like a vinyl renaissance where um you know folks wanted to to own the the their music you know their aficionados want to own it physically and be able to listen to it like that like are people going to be paying like up the wazoo for those rock band drum kits and uh guitar hero plastic guitars to to replay those games i don't think so uh, i don't think so either <laughs> it'll be something to do with smartphones that's all i know that that something you'll sing into your smartphone you'll tap your smartphone as a drum you'll strum your strum that'll be it and it'll be sad but that'll be what happens there you, you, know? <laughs> there you go 
I think the scales eventually fell from everyone's eyes about the whole holding the little plastic ukulele thing. It was really big for a little while, and that was like Jeez. right when I was in. It was right when I was in college, and so I remember having like rock band parties every week. I don't. It was strange. Just was, definitely strange. I was, I was working in games retail then at EB Games, which is your version of GameStop. And uh, oh, dude, yeah. you could not get these things. It yeah. was impossible. I mean, we would have pre-orders three months out. And that's a mm -hmm. normal thing nowadays in 2022. But back then, having to wait three months for a product in the video game yeah. space, like that was not a thing. Yeah. So it, yeah. Was, it, was, a, it was a real phenomenon. And the yeah. launch of Rock Band in Australia was really bad, as I recall. Oh, how do you know that? I used, to live true. In Australia. I used to live in Australia. I did not know that. When was this? I lived, I spent my entire 20s in Australia. I lived there for 13 oh, really? years. In Sydney? Brisbane. Oh, that's such a shame. Oh, well. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> no. No, that, no, that's fair enough. No, that's fair enough. Brisbane's like the runt of, of the major Australian cities. If I went, if I went back there, which going by the way America's going may well be the case, I'll probably live in Melbourne next time. That's a good classy town. You, you, that's a good idea. Yeah. What is uh, what's what's like the American equivalent of Brisbane? Uh, um, it's like your sort of. Texasy kind of nope. thing. All right, so, all right, but like oh, not, oh, it's not not Austin. You it's know, not that, it's not that bad. I mean, they, they elected a green MP recently. <laughs> oh, that's the, the, you're right. Actually, you're all up on this. You know what you're talking about. That's true. <laughs> well, you know, I, I keep I try to keep my hand in. Right, there you go. nice, nice. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. <clears throat> well, let's, let's uh, move on. Lots of these to get through. Andrew Whitewinter gives $5, says obvious but not always good. RPG, Skyrim. Sports, uh -huh. FIFA. Racing, Gran Turismo Stroke Forza. Open World, GTA. Multiplayer, Fortnite. Indie, Soulsborne. That's, uh, that was so many. That was, that was a lot. Yeah. I think some of those don't count because some of those are series. Like yeah. FIFA, Gran Turismo, Forza. Like I yeah. do think those will still be around. 10 yeah. years from now. Uh, well, FIFA won't because it's, what is it? Didn't they change the it's, name of FIFA? They don't... Club, EA Club, EAFC, EAFC yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Skyrim, I think, is a great, Skyrim's a great, yeah, yeah Skyrim's a great call. one that seems to have lodged itself in memory right up to the present I mean, day. I, like, whether you like it or not, we're like haunted by that game. Like, the game just keeps showing <laughs> yeah, up on every platform. It's hard to think that, like, an Elder Scrolls 6 would be able to supplant it at this point. I, I kind of feel that way about GTA 6 as well. Like, it's been yeah. so long for both of those games. And yeah. and then, you know, Rockstar deviated for a while with, with Red Dead. And then um, uh, Bethesda obviously is deviating again with Starfield. Um, and I don't. Uh, Red Dead Two maybe is a game I'm going to be talking about ten years from now. No, I like, think so. That's yeah. the best written. I think that's the best written video game I've ever played. But I don't know. That's just my yeah. take. I think kind Red of boring. Kind of boring with like it's two hour long horsey rides. But oh, that were the best either. part. What are you Those talking really about? Nice oh my god, dude, yeah. they were the oh, best yes, horsey right. ride. You don't need two hours to establish. Like, have a conversation with the dude you're riding with. 
and establish the atmosphere of like the dying days of the old west but you don't need to have me like commute 60 miles between every bloody mission <laughs> what about what about opening every drawer loved opening drawers is this no. last of us we're talking about right now oh no right okay. you guys think the last you guys think the last of us well well, we're getting a new. We're, we're getting a new old Last of Us. Two. Are we gonna? No. Are we gonna do this? Are we gonna wait until Last of Us Two discourse? So you two both don't like Last of Us Two, correct? I do not like Last of Us Two. I did not yeah. like Last of Us Two. It was my worst okay. game of the year, if you'll recall. Okay, well, it's fine. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong, guys. It's fine. <laughs> it's just, I find I that so interesting that you didn't enjoy it. In what? On what basis? Well, I looked back over all these games and thought. I looked at Last of Us Two and think. Of all the games I played this year, that one made me feel the worst. I had the most negative feelings I've had of any game coming out of that game. Which a lot of people would say, oh, that's the intention. It's, just, it's confronting. Yeah, I know. It's so annoying. Mm -hmm. But I just, I yeah. hated every single character and I couldn't <laughs> wait for it to be over. And it was never over. It kept going. <laughs> it was a lot of video game. It, it was, was a lot. 25 hours of a game yeah. that should have been 15 and... Yeah. yeah, no, that's, I, I do think it's going to be interesting to see, because obviously Last of Us 1 will definitely, will continue to always remember that and hold it in high regard, and everyone, everyone's agreed, we all love The Last of Us Part 1 to varying degrees, right? But then Last of Us 2 came along, and obviously there's the video game, which we can have different opinions on, but then there's the discourse, which oh, just God. makes it so annoying to bring up yeah. this game, and it's kind of, you know... Games that we talk about in 10 years, games that you can't be fucked talking about <laughs> yep. in 10 years because, yeah. oh my God, you don't want to do that again. You know, yeah. so... Yeah. That, that and The Last Jedi are the two things I just never need to bring yes. up on the internet again. Yes. Yeah, so true. That is, that is true. Oh dear. Kurt Horsting gives $20 and says, Dungeon Fighter Online is a Korean side-scrolling beat-em-up MMORPG and a DNF Duel uses the classes of that game for the characters. As far mm. as licensed fighters go, it's one of the best and has amazing online due to rollback. Well, who gives cool. a fuck? <laughs> Wait, well, so I even this DNF game that. is based on something. So even yeah, this I, is an original game. Yeah, I heard that. It was based on uh, like a long-running series of... Korean side-scrollers, so there yeah, you go. The games. Korean Streets of Rage. Um, yeah, I think it's short for Dungeons and Fighters, which I guess is supposed oh, to okay. convey what's in it. There's dungeons I in mean, it and there's fighters in it. I appreciate a game that's very literal with its title. <laughs> yeah, true. Where were we? Uh, John Connor gives five Canadian dollars, says, Would remakes count as standing the test of time, even though they're technologically new, a la the Resident Evil remakes? Excuse me. That's such a good point. I actually had that on my list. And I, and I thought, and I'm like, are there any other remakes that I would put on this list? Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think it's more complicated because yeah. they've shattered the franchise across a trilogy and they've remixed it and whatever else. I still think that's a fantastic game. I love it. But I loved it, yeah. Resident Evil 2, you can remake. I think you'll come back to this one in 10 years and be like, this is a really sick, awesome, fantastic, top-tier yeah. survival horror yeah. experience. Resident yeah. Evil 2 really benefited from a remake in ways that Resident Evil 4 will not. I hype i Interesting. Uh, predict why? why why do you say that because resident evil 2 and 3 were on the ps1 they were fixed camera style horror games they they uh are very rough to go back to now and they very much benefit from the having their potential realized in modern graphics resident evil 4 was 
a sea change in gaming generally. Mm-hmm. It was like a huge step up in like graphics tech. It was it pioneered like attached to the bum over the shoulder third person camera that games use to this day. And it was just such a breath of fresh air when it came out. And I think if you take it out of the out of that context and just sort of sand the edges off and plonk it next to the other Resident Evil remakes so they're all homogenous, then no one's going to remember that. Mm. Yes, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's a much bigger ask for them to remake and re- and capture that magic because, yeah, I think you're right. So much of what 4 was was about breakthrough technology or not necessarily the, the combination of technology and art. So It was also yeah. very camp in a very memeable way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah, they keep that. And yeah, that's the thing. Uh, we were talking about Resident Evil 4 remake specifically a couple weeks ago on the show, and um, we don't know yet whether they're going to keep that camp. The trailer they showed looked very dark and very serious and looked even more like the original like Resident Evil 3.5 prototype that um, Kamiya was working on originally before the game went back to Shinji Mikami. Um, and so I'm I'm going to be genuinely curious if it is the kind of remake that feels like a um, sort of what Bluepoint did with Demon Souls or yes. uh, Sh- or Shadow of the Colossus where it feels like like almost like why would you ever go back to the original versions of these games um and i i don't to extent resident evil 2 i would say um or if it's gonna be one of those things where it's like oh you like look what they did they massacred my boy kind of thing um, they did say that it's a new take on the story that i think is the most yeah. concerning part because yeah. you yeah. can see the differences but that part you're like oh i don't know about that line that's a bit worrying which is funny because like I am so happy that Final Fantasy VII, this this trilogy, along with the the Crisis Core remake and everything, is going off in such a weird direction. I agree, is, it's is, cool. Is deconstructing instead of reconstructing, and I'm really excited about that. And uh, you know, depending on how the second and third game go, um, I think that could be a game that we talk about ten years from now. Primarily because the third game probably won't come out for ten years. So yeah, <laughs> we'll just yeah by virtue of uh, launch dates. Um, but I don't know if Resident Evil 4 is a game where I needed that. I don't know if you need to deconstruct Resident Evil 4. Like, I think mm. its simplicity is kind of the point. So, um, yeah, I guess, I don't know if we'll see in a couple I ass- months. I assumed they gave up do- the idea of doing the Resident Evil 4 remake when they made Resident Evil 8, and that basically was the Resident Evil 4 remake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in many regards. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, blimey, we've still got loads of these. James Matchett gives $5 and says, For a superhero game that will stand out, would Spider-Man 2 PS2 for setting the standard or Spider-Man PS4 for improving on said mechanics? Well, I guess people just talk about the new Spider-Man when we talk about the Spider-Man game, but for a while, you know, the Spider-Man 2 game just wasn't topped for many years mm-hmm. when it came to Spider-Man games. I, was I, remember, yeah. Yeah, I remember playing the original Spider-Man in like a pre-release event back in the day and like spider-man 2 i mean and i just remember having my mind blown i'm just like what the fuck is this what have you done (laughs) you know Um, yeah the the entire swinging idea was it was just out of control it felt so much different than any superhero game that we'd played before that yeah Um, yeah. it's the only franchise where that really works because it's such a good traversal method 
such a unique transfer well, method. They're doing it in that goth in a way. They're doing it in Gotham Knights. I'm not sure if you've seen that uh, gameplay footage. They're not uh, swinging, but they're kind of like bounding across the city and doing all sorts of weird. It's odd. It's it's odd. Yeah, <laughs> I guess yeah. Think with superhero games too. Like it'll. I feel like we still talk about the first two Arkham games in an incredibly positive light, and Arkham like, Asylum yeah. was over. I think. Arkham City was 10 years ago, or maybe 11 years ago now, and mm-hmm. Asylum might have been over that. Um, so it feels Arkham, like those are... T- I think Arkham Knight sort of pissed on the spark a little bit. Yeah. People people don't talk about it with the, you know, the reverence they used to when it was just Arkham Asylum and City. Yeah. And it's why been, again... That, why do you think that is? Because I, I remember playing that game before I was reviewing games or thinking critically, and I remember playing it just being like, this is really cool. And look how good it looks, because it does look incredible. What do you guys yeah. think that Night wasn't as well received? Well, there were a few reasons. People thought it was a bit bloaty, the way open worlds generally are these days. When Ark of Asylum, in particular, was very focused, it was felt more like a Zelda-like mm. than an open world. Mm. Uh, and I think a lot of people thought the Batmobile edition was a misstep, because it's it was previously a game about you know stealthy attacking and very... Um, very focused combat, very refined combat, where it was about uh, doing things that make you feel really skillful. And then it throws in just like demolition derbies where you just randomly throw explosions all over the place. It just feels like completely at odds. Mm, fair enough. Yeah, it, it did kind of feel like they got put in a corner because like even the leap from asylum to city was like a, a positive leap i would say um mm. where and then they were like well we have to one up this in some other way mm. and i just don't think the things they added quite did that and then the fact that it's been seven years and we haven't gotten a rocksteady game um and people seem a little worried about suicide squad next year because it seems yeah. like it might be the uh, trying to jam multiplayer and i don't know if everyone wants that are they um, doing that with yeah. the, Goth- are they the gotham knights thing as well aren't they that's co-op that's co-op yeah it's only two players which is weird because they keep advertising the four characters so it just feels like it should be four player i I always think i always think that any amount of multiplayer you try to like crowbar into a single player experience uh inherently sort of messes things up yeah when you're playing with another person that like affects your immersion because they're constantly there reminding you you're not in the game you're in real world and here's another person from that world talking to you i mean it sounds like a nerdy point of view a nerdy <laughs> introvert point of view but you know when i play a single player game i want to be immersed i want to be in that yeah. world yahtzee crossshaw he's a 10 but he only likes to play single player games it's that's oh, right. oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> let's see if anyone let's see if anyone remembers that reference like 10 years from now. um what uh, so we were talking about kind of the similar thing the other week with redfall mm. the uh, oh, yeah. arcade game which mm. um i think looks really cool Yahtzee's big <clears throat> hang-up on it is the fact that they said, you can play it single-player or you can play it four-player. And, yeah, because yeah. my point um, is you can't optimize the experience for both single-player and multiplayer. It has to be optimized for one of those and never both. Uh, I, I think that's true of some genres and not others. Like, for example, you can absolutely play Destiny as a single-player game and enjoy that because it's set up for it in many aspects, with matchmaking, obviously, in some activities, not in others. 
Um, but yeah, co-op shooters, which I'm guessing this is, and we don't know exactly what this is, but we're pretty clear it's a Left 4 Dead style co-op shooter with like yeah. arcane sandbox stuff. Yeah, I can't see how that remains super fun if you play that straight up single player. Like, I, yeah. I, I think it's an option, sure, but do I think it's going to work properly? Probably not, because no co-op shooter has managed to pull that off yet, have they? I, feel like think? I don't know. Over the years, there have been tons of like franchises that have tried to spice things up by adding multiplayer to a single-player experience, and the end results are always things like Dead Space 3, Fear 3, Wolfenstein, sure. Young Blood, all massively terrible games. <laughs> but then you get Mass Effect 3 multiplayer, you get the Assassin's Creed multiplayer, you get Splinter Cells multiplayer, so there are you know exceptions I to that like as well. All of those are like very easily separated off from the single-player sure. experience. Hmm. Yeah, I guess when Assassin's Creed tried to do the bring in multiplayer into the single player campaign, that was a unity, and that was people were not happy with that. They were, yeah, they were, they were not reasons. thrilled. Yeah, they yes. were they were not thrilled. I do like I do miss the uh, we've talked about that again recently. The uh, the Assassin's Creed sort of the the Brotherhood Revelations era of multiplayer, like the interesting mm -hmm. sort of um, social deduction, try to blend yeah. in, be an NPC kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I'm fine um, with the multiplayer mode that's separate to the single player mode. The way it used to work, the back when everyone was happy and your dick still worked. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the days. Good old days. Yeah. Truly the good old days. Yeah. Okay, Gecko Gamer gives five euros and says, what would prevent a game like Beat Saber to fail the test of time? Uh, so this sort of brings up the whole VR of it all, which we haven't talked about. Um, and yeah, a couple people were Alex. mentioning, yeah, Half-Life Alex, exactly. Yeah. Um, but a couple people were mentioning when we were talking about plastic instruments, um, I think even Nick uh, was in the chat saying uh, VR sort of taken that oxygen, I guess. Like, yeah, it's, it's, VR's it's, definitely taken the, it's definitely taken the motion controls oxygen. I think VR's, I think it's always going to be kind of niche, VR. Because it's for people who don't mind having to deal with a whole separate load of hardware and completely, like, block off their senses to the world around them. And some people just want to, you know, have a casual time with a game, not, like, completely immerse themselves that way. I think what's interesting about VR is that, well, we probably view it through, like, a classic core gamer lens, and it's like, you can play Half-Life Alex on it, and they have a Resident Evil 4 port. But the real VR right now that's going is the social stuff. And you're talking VR chat and you're talking a whole bunch of apps that we've never even heard of, but that mm -hmm. like the kids are doing and like, you know, edgy teenagers and all that sort of shit. And that is, that is picking up steam big time. And if you haven't checked out like the YouTube VR scene, I recommend just like diving in and having a look. You'll find some really interesting stuff, massive content creators with huge audiences playing stuff you've never even heard of. And it's a thing, man. So I think that, yeah, I, I think it's so interesting. I often, I often think about the kind of blind spots that we have as core gaming, the core gaming commentariat, right? Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, well, this is this is what video games are. And it's like, no, it's not. That's literally like twenty percent of the industry that we talk mm -hmm. about and we obsess over. But the eighty percent of the industry is mobile, and it's weird VR shit that we've never even heard about, and it's crazy. I don't know stuff that I don't even know. The unknown unknowns, Dick Cheney style, and um, and yeah, absolutely. I think VR fits into that blind spot for us where i think if we took a look at it we're like what the hell how is this a thing you know what right I mean? you're talking about it like uh how the microsoft connect suddenly developed all these functions outside of gaming people were talking about using it in surgery and things 
Yeah. <sighs> well, no, I'm I'm talking about again when I say social, I don't necessarily mean oh, you know. It's being used at real estate conventions. I'm talking about, you know, as I said, actual video game adjacent experiences that are more about social connection than they are video games. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I kind of get that. Like the one game I play that's kind of in that realm that I still play almost daily is Pokemon Go. Right. And when I bring it up, yeah. people, like people tend to laugh or roll their eyes. And I'm like, it is oh, yeah. insane how on community days and Pokemon Go Fest, like the yearly things, how no matter what city I'm living in at the time, like it is bustling. Like mm. these games every year make more money than they did the previous year. Like this is a billion dollar a year game. Um, it, and, and it's like genuinely impressive that six, five, six years later, the game is still absolutely going strong. Um, absolutely. And I think way more people play it than play whatever the big AAA game of the month is, you know, that, yeah, that we'll pull a time duty, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, in terms, yeah. And then, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've, for my sins, played Clash Royale. Yeah. Which I've exactly. been playing for six years. Yeah. And that is probably of all the video games I have played over, over the last six years, that is probably the one I put the most hours into. Do I admit that publicly? No, I don't. And I'm glad this isn't live and it's not <laughs> no, going to be definitely published. not. Uh, Every, it's all bots in the chat it's fine right but that's right. the thing you know and like roblox don't even get me started yeah. on yeah, roblox that's huge Shit. yeah that was like that launched in 2006 it floated on the stock exchange what like a year ago it's worth 60 billion dollars that one company mm. is worth more than activision or ea or ubisoft and whatever and yeah. when do we talk about roblox you know that's an experience that we're going to be talking about for the next 30 years and I have no visibility on what that is. I have no idea what Roblox actually is, but it's shaping the literally shaping the next generation of video gamers. Like yeah, that's, that's I mean, it, it was the same yeah. thing with Microsoft acquiring Activision and the fact that King being a part of it was yeah such a huge and major part of it, and probably is going to end up being like one of their biggest money makers. But we're mm. not really talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just focus on reviewing stuff that I like, and I hope I agree. The, the audience will stick with me. <laughs> There you yes. go. Until they all die of old age, and then I will too. <laughs> uh, X Soulsborn, member for 18 months on bonus content, says, Skill up, got into Hunt Showdown and Near Automata because of your vids, so thank you. Do you all think Near Automata, I pronounced it both ways in case I got confused, <laughs> will stand the test of time? I do. Did, did you play I, this I think Nier will. Oh, yeah, yeah, I reviewed it. Yeah, and right. when I think back to it, my main memory of it is buttocks. Mm, a lot of butts. There's a lot of butts. But you know, this is like the only. Thought I was making about prey. You got to have these little things for your memory to latch onto. Yes. Yeah. The <laughs> only game to have a better ladder experience than Metal Gear Solid Three was yes. in the Automata. So, incredible ladder. Um, yeah, that's incredible. right. That's right. Um, no, I mean, I think absolutely, and I think as well <clears throat> that you're really seeing that borne out with the Automata, to, like even in this. It's one thing to say, oh, some game achieves this status over time. Well, later on, you can look back and be like, hey, that was actually a really great game. But I think Nier Automata, as soon as it arrived, everyone was like, whoa, this is a thing. Mm. And right now, it's, there's almost, I know they just announced a fan celebration for Nier Automata, for, for the Nier franchise, I should say. Um, because it's one of those things that's existed in the past with like the other Nier games, but then yeah. everyone all of a sudden caught up with Nier. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. everyone caught up with Nier Automata. Everyone's like, wait a second. And all these other fans are waiting for them. Like, yes, we know. Don't worry. Come in. We'll show you the rest. You know? So yeah. it was a nice 
thing to experience and that is absolutely uh gonna be around for a long time i'm sure yeah i was i was pretty uh late to the party on that because again like the original horizon it came out right i think the same month within a month of both breath of the wild and persona 5 mm. and those are the two games of that season that completely took my life over and i would say persona is also one of those series that although i don't know if that's almost a tricky one because you know we talk about persona again because you get the the royal version or, or persona 4 golden so it's almost like they they release their kind of game of the year director cuts versions and so they enter the conversation again and then you know finally mm -hmm. they decide to port it to to switch in pc and, and xbox and everything um but i think that year as a whole that 2017 um those three games in particular breath of the wild yeah. uh near and uh persona are, are mm. absolutely three of the games i'm probably still gonna be talking about i won't For shut sure. the fuck up about them 10 years from now yeah and hunt showdown by the way have you guys played hunt no, I remember. I, I, haven't, I know the other guys at the Escapist have done streams of it in the past. Yeah, that's yeah, like a. It's, that, it's, is that a four v one or a four v? It's no. It's an extraction based. Um, okay. So think Tarkov, uh, where you drop onto the map. There's a PVE related objective, and uh, you need to do it and then get out before you know you get killed by another team who's trying to achieve the same objective. Oh, um, interesting. It is absolutely top tier. It is just such a. It's like when your dad gives you a beautiful pair of RM Williams. You know what those? You know what those are, don't you? Yeah, see, those like real. They're like they're like a they're like a leather boot here in Australia, and they're like they're always really expensive, and they're made by an old man in a shed, and he like makes it himself and whatever. And it's that's a thing, you know. It's this beautiful handcrafted thing, and that's what HUD Showdown feels like. It is that version. It is that that um, yeah. It just it just. It just has this different feel to it that this sort of almost um how do you describe it i can't describe it but it just it just feels different to so many other video games that i've picked up and um i really love it and if you haven't played it, i recommend just trying to like have they like because... kept up with it is it a game that's oh yeah 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 okay. yeah and it, and it steadily grows and it's it's never going to be the number one it's never going to be top dog because it's so niche it's uh -huh. so impenetrably difficult at first as well like the barrier to entry is massive but if you can push through that and experience it, it's just some of the best competitive shooting action you can experience. But also, I just think one of the best crafted shooters I've ever played. So super interesting. Cool. High praise. Cool. Perhaps I should check it out. Yeah. Uh, Phil Myassup, who's a regular around these parts, who we always like to see, gave us 50 Norwegian kroner. And says, seems to me the games that will be worth replaying 10 years from now are the genre definers, games breaking out of the mold or the shorter games. Well, that covers a lot of bases. Fill my eyes up. You didn't have to say it again. <laughs> you said it the I, first time. You didn't need to I say just, it a second time. I just, yes, he I, did. I just, <laughs> I just like saying it. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm curious. We talked about a handful of. Um, indie games like we talked about outer wilds we talked about hades like are there any other like small independent games that you guys think are, are still going to be sort of have they have the their drums beaten um well we already stardew like spirit, spirit fairer i'm saying. yeah oh yeah yeah stardew valley yeah i mean it's Stardew harvest, valley it, definitely it's, it's harvest moon but you know it's definitely mm. taken over the uh the crown 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Now we, it seems like this most recent Nintendo Direct they announced seven farming sim games, <laughs> and yeah. every and every time everyone was like, "Oh, it's another Stardew Valley, but it's with Disney characters." And it yeah, wasn't like yeah. it's an Animal Crossing or it's a Harvest Moon. They would say it's a Stardew Valley game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude has snatched that crown for sure. Yeah, a good absolutely. I love. Yeah, it. I, let, I, I always like to see lone developers doing well. Yeah. Speak of lone developer Undertale, I think that's that's yes. again, one that has withstood yeah, the test of time. Game. And um, I know for me, The Witness and Return of the Obra Dinn are two that um, Return of the Obra Dinn definitely. Like, I can't really get past the pretentiousness in The Witness. Oh, that's the pretentiousness is the point. It's great. I love it. There's some um, there's some parody game that's just on Steam at the moment. Yeah, the Looker. Looker. Have you seen yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's like apparently really, really good. It's got like the highest. It's one of the highest rated Steam releases of it, the I've, year. It, I've heard it's yeah. I've I've played through it myself. And uh, oh, you people, have. I've heard people describe it as like the most the most effort anyone's put into a shit post. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! I love that. That's that's incredible. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's I pretty, uh, I it's really pretty, recommend. Yeah, sorry, go on. You go. It's, you go. It's it's pretty funny if you've played The Witness. Okay, right. this sounds excellent. Um, Deep Rock Galactic, by the way, that's uh, one I hope we'll be talking about in 10 years. Uh, co-op uh, PvE shooter made by a small indie team. And that's, again, top shelf. Mm. Amazing. The procedural generation in that game is just nuts. And I'm not sure if you've both played it, but... Um, yeah, I've, I've played yeah. it. I haven't, I haven't really covered it because, you know, multiplayer. Of course. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but it's really great. And they and I they're sticking with it, you know. I think that they have long term plans for that one. So um yeah. hopefully that sticks around. Uh Emmanuel Terribio, who's been member for twenty months, uh on credit, uh gives the member chance to answer the question. I think Elden Ring will stand the test of time. That game is like the Dark Souls of open world games. You don't think Dark Souls might be remembered more in that you just described <laughs> it as the Dark Souls of open world games? I think he got. I think he got you, Yanti. Yeah, I think Dark Souls is the El, it's the Elden El, Elden Ring of Souls like. Yeah, it is. I think yeah. it's the Jedi Fallen Order of Souls like games. Personally, how pissed do you think if Miyazaki Miyazaki would be if people started just describing games as like the the Fallen Order of playing? Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, by the fact that like I can't imagine us saying it's the Elden Ring of blank, but I don't think we will ever shut up about saying about comparing stuff to Dark Souls. So yeah, yeah, that was my point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Gecko Gamer gives five euros and says, Yahtzee, has No Man's Sky improved to the point that you're considering to review it again? Well, not to give the game away, but yes. Probably sooner rather than later. So look out for that. Might even, as I said, might even make a series of this. Maybe we'll play Cyberpunk as well. We'll call it How Is It Now They Done Unfucked It Up? Should Sounds be, great. um... Yeah, that's SEO 1. friendly. 1.0 1. punctuation. There we yeah. go. There, there you go. <laughs> No punctuation except for the dot between the one and the zero. That's right. I like it. Uh, Luke Jimenez, member for two months on Early Access, said, would a game's archive help remember the big stuff? Or like a like a museum or something? I mean, do we, there's like, a, do games get inducted into the Hall of Fame? Are there like... I don't really... I, I know I that mean, there is a museum that is being managed by Embrace. Have you guys heard about this? I heard, yeah, I saw some yeah. of the pictures of that. Yeah, yeah which yeah, is, yeah. I think that's so really they cool. Are trying to do that as their thing, and I think that's super cool. But is there like a Library of Congress, and they have to send four copies of every video game to um, to a, a thing? I don't know about that. I don't think that's a thing. 
I don't think video games get that kind of respect yet. No. And as you say, I think um, there's also just too many. Yeah. Maybe. And these and these days, in the age of games being constantly changed and updated and played for 10 years at a time, it's hard to take any particular capsule of that game and say, this mm. must be enshrined for all time. Yeah. Like, do you, do you try to enshrine every version of it? Like, mm. you know, do you keep a version before every patch of every game? I think the best thing you can do is just make sure there's a way to play games. Make sure there's a way to play each game that's ever come out, whether that be emulators mm. or bringing, or like bringing out updated versions or just keeping every like old PC build of everything so that, you know, the, the enthusiasts can still find ways to run them. Nintendo's lawyers have entered the chat. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, so it's Konami and Kojima. No, yeah. no one gets to play PT anymore. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? It's, it's the big publishers who want the money from every single game sale that are standing in the way of that. Yeah. Also, by mentioning Kojima, uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up Death Stranding. I think Death Stranding is a game I won't shut up about. Totally agree. Certainly yeah. unique. Totally yeah. agree. <laughs> is that a euphemism for certainly <laughs> shit? <laughs> well, I, I appreciate a zone out game. I appreciate a game you can just put on and listen to something else while you play. Mm-hmm. That's why I always like the Slight Stars You Valley in Minecraft. Go. Yeah. So I appreciate uh, Death Stranding as something that can provide that. While also doing Kojima's unique story stuff that Kojima does. Uh, There's a chat that says, Death Stranding is one of the games ever made. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon the arc on Death Stranding's commentary, though, has been so interesting to watch. Because I think at first everyone's like, this absolutely sucks. It's terrible. It's the worst thing ever. But I do think in the last two to three years, I think a lot of people have come around to... Mm, actually it's yeah. pretty good you know sort of uh i i definitely have noted that uh, yeah. across well, the yeah. board yeah it's a, it's a polarizer and polarizers are the things people are going to be arguing about for a very long yeah. period of time yeah yeah uh abdul rahman alawadi gives 25 aeds whatever they are possibly something from a middle eastern country going by the name but i don't want to make a gaffe here who says, the platformer is one of the oldest genres out there. Can you think of any game that innovated anything after the jump to 3D? In terms of platforming, well, recently I played a Neon White, which is a (laughs) first-person platform game that I really like. Yeah. Uh, Where are we? That's a a great example. Um, Yeah, platformers always had struggled to, like, uh, manage in 3D because the extra dimension mm. always uh, gives a headache. Mm, Mirror's Edge, I think, is yeah. that one. And I think Ghost Runner took it further beyond that. Uh-huh. Um, and even though I think perhaps the most elegant expression uh, extension of that is Titanfall 2's campaign, mm. which had plenty of those kind of, you know, first-person traversal puzzle things going on, especially with the time the time switch level, which was super amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that would be... That would, that's, ones i'd put on that list I have you have you had a chance to play neon white yet only just the first like two okay. seconds um yeah, i've been the... watching everyone's just like loving it the pylon i watched your zero punctuation and enjoyed that really enjoyed that as well um, yeah it yeah, definitely it feels amazing. like the uh that 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 first training mission in titanfall 2 that's sort of mm. like the, the thing that became like the time attack thing that everyone wanted to see how fast they can get through it um it feels like that extrapolated into an entire game which is mm. pretty incredible 
I always liked the uh, the 3D Prince of Persia Sands of Time games in terms of platforming yeah. in 3D. True. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah, me too, actually. It sort me of too. translates the concept of 2D platforming as a very linear thing into a sort of linear path from obstacle to obstacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, uh, I think that's how that works. Yeah, and I think uh, like Nintendo always throws interesting kinks every generation with Mario. Um, I thought mm-hmm. the Galaxy games... Um, I liked the Galaxy games more than I liked... Um, uh, Mario Odyssey, but I know Mario Odyssey is kind of beloved by a lot of people. But uh, yeah, I thought the Galaxy games sort of had me thinking about my little 3D arenas in a way that I hadn't prior to that. I'm playing mm. Galaxy again at the moment because my wife nice. wanted me to start bonding with my two year old more. And so <laughs> she's been watching me play Mario Galaxy. And now, now, she, now, and now whenever she sees Mario in any form of media, she, she says, It's Daddy! <laughs> a future so Chris Pratt fan. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, I think you might have. Oh, God. Uh, I was going to say Donkey. I think Donkey Kong, like the Tropical Freeze stuff, I think is really interesting because obviously there's the. You go with like platformers to a different, you know, first person perspective and whatever, but it's like mm-hmm. what has advanced the straight up 2D platformer genre and if yeah. you can look at indie stuff and you can talk about like the messenger or celeste yeah um, and then you as i said i think donkey kong i just think that was one of the best platforms i've ever played just in terms of it it didn't really i don't know if it necessarily innovated but it just felt so unbelievably refined and it just popped so much that i just loved it you know so yeah yeah i thought it, i thought it was great there was also a crazy speed run of it over the weekend at uh oh, okay was there yeah, yeah just, well, I, I always watch that and I'm like, I'm pretty good at this game. And then I watch that and I'm like, Jesus Christ, we are playing something else. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, see, I think you might have missed one super chat by Surge of Cinder. Oh, uh, yes. Just prior to this. So yeah. I did. Sorry, Surge of Cinder, who gives five pounds and says, skill ups on the escapist. Best crossover of 2022. Love your stuff, bro. <laughs> Thank you very much, Serge. I appreciate it. That's very kind. And on the same note, Metazoan Cookie is a member for three months on early access. Says, "Skill up, you're awesome. Love the content." Thank you very much. I appreciate that as well. Hatful of Zombies has been a member for six months on early access and says, "You all inspired me to become a game designer." Well, we expect big things. Hatful of Zombies. <laughs> you should also be be inspired by game designers. I mean, Yahtzee's designer games. So, so that's <laughs> that's fine. Don't, I've never made a game. Don't be inspired. I... By me. Don't please do not be inspired by. I don't. I've, That's a I've made. Idea. I've made enough uh, making of docs to realize I have no idea how anything ever, literally any game ever comes out. Like I think yes. it's an absolute miracle that any video game exists. I've been making games since I was a kid. I think I wanted to be a game designer way before I wanted to be a game reviewer. Interesting. Yeah, I find that so. In- yeah, I just I I always look at my brain and my brain is not creative at all, and mm-hmm. I think about. I'm like, I'm like, they're like, come up with an original idea right now. I'm like, impossible. Please. That's not just, how it I'll works. Take, I'll take, <laughs> I know, I know it's not how it works, but, but when pressed, I do believe that I would still suffer to come up with addition with uh, original ideas and I remain forever or awed by the ability of developers to just come up with amazing shit on the rig. It's, it's pretty yeah. incredible. Oh. If you want to be inspired, just go about your life, watch a lot of movies, play a lot of games. And every yes. now and again, your mind your mind just sort of zones out and then goes, wait, connections, things coming yeah. together like they've never come before. That's how it happens. You read, you read that Kojima book, didn't you? The creative gene. This is where <laughs> it comes from. Caught out. 
Well, anyway, Nick the OG <laughs> gives $5 and says, FIFA changed its name to Cartel Simulator. Disco Elysium is the best written game I've ever played. Last of Us is a dumpster fire of boring tropes. I like the Disco Elysium part of the oh. of the message. <laughs> I think Disco Elysium's great. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, oh I, I just remembered I played a new game recently called Citizen Sleeper. Have you played oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's gave me a sort of Disco Elysium vibes. Not quite as yeah. like, incredibly densely written, but uh, I had some like I had some there were a couple of character moments that made me well up a bit, which is a sign of a good story writing. Yeah, hmm. I, I appreciate uh uh folks who use video games to try to like make the next great novel um like uh, uh Kentucky Route Zero is yeah. like, one of my favorite like I don't know how yeah you keep good saying, of like a capital yeah. G game it is but man do I love that writing and the the tone and the mood and its take on Americana and yeah you know, we've put it up before and I keep saying I did play it and I was bored out of my skull <laughs> the whole time maybe I'm jaded who knows did you play that one i did yeah i actually really loved that one as well i kind oh, of okay I, for me yeah I, I actually you sort of cashed it in terms of a novel and i was i actually think it's, for me it was more of an art installation and you kind of move from exhibition to ex exhibition and was, yeah that's how it felt for really me loved it. Mm, yeah yeah but which I, obviously art can be really boring as well and like yeah, 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 it, yeah. for sure it, absolutely and i and i think saying that is boring is totally accurate reading and i was absolutely yeah. bored at times as well that's the truth uh -huh. but I, but i was also kind of forcing myself to confront it and forcing myself to pass it and that i think was where i was finding my enjoyment um and then when i look back on the experience when it was all done i was like okay cool that was really rewarding and also very unique in the landscape of what i typically consume yeah, it's one of those games I really love, but I've I'm v I'm very hesitant to recommend it to a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. And and to me, it's almost felt like a very solitary thing in the way that like I don't like going to museums with other people because I yeah. want to go at my exact speed, mm -hmm. and I don't want to be there with someone who's breezing through the exhibits or who's just not never fucking leaving a room. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that felt like very weirdly kind of personal and solitary for me mm. Mm. lord darius gives 10 euros and says i found elden ring to be the least replayable souls game for all the build variety the amount of copy pasted bosses and mcdungeons on a run where the sheer thrill of exploration has worn off is dull yeah i still haven't finished elden ring i got to like the boss fight against the two godskin lads right no, those guys really, are fucking awful really towards the end of the game and, yeah, yeah. You know, there's no particular reason I couldn't get through it. I just had to stop playing and I haven't come back to it because I got two kids in the house. It's hard to find time. Uh -huh. But um, I just think, like, after the fact, I think there's a lot of Elden Ring that f does feel very copy-pasted. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say a lot. I would say there's some, for sure. Um, I think it loses its, I think it loses its pace at certain bits. There are bits that, that I really love. Like um, when you go down to like the lava city and you fight the big snake dude. Yeah. Or uh, when you're in the big academy and you fight that moon goddess lady. But for a lot of the yes. rest of it, the, a lot of the castles and forts feel a bit samey and you keep mm. running into the same kinds of enemies. Yeah, I can't. I, I don't I don't know how it's going to hold up on replay because I haven't replayed it. Like I, I love, I, I, I loved it, just... it on my first play, but I don't know how much of that is going to be 
is the sense of discovery going to be gone when I know mm. what lies at the end of this tunnel or what happens when I go down this elevator and know that it leads to that cool illuminated underground city? Yeah. Yeah, for me, I... Yeah, definitely those dungeons, I get that copy-paste thing. And they obviously, there's the similarities within those. But towards the end, I stopped I stopped engaging them as much. Like, at the beginning, I was like, cool, a new dungeon. And then I saw, cool, another dungeon. And I was like, okay, well, I get the read on this now. And then I would kind of just, when I find a new one, I probably just wouldn't do it, you know, mm. uh, unless I was feeling in the mood. And, uh-huh. and I found that the game continued to surprise me in every other aspect in terms of, what i was discovering and what i was finding you know so well that's the trouble with that sort of game isn't it i mean uh different people have can have vastly different experiences with it because they went in different directions yeah yeah and like depending on you know a lot of people who had to review it and hit the deadline were cramming through it in what, a week if that yeah. Yeah. that seems like an awful way to play that game. yeah the worst part yeah. about that embargo deadline was because miyazaki was on record before the game was out and he was like it's about 25 to 30 hours to get through it, right? That's what he said. And he's yeah. like, that was the mainline playthrough. And all yeah. of us were like, okay, no worries. We've got a week yeah. to do this, should be fine. <laughs> Turns out that was a fucking lie. Yeah. And the game is actually 130 hours. So it's yeah. like, dude, wh- what are you doing? You know? Yeah. And you're going through it relatively blind. Like you don't have a wiki to look up. Yeah. You don't have, you, you know, you, you don't you have really someone to be do- like, oh, you could just cheese the boss by doing X, Y, or Z. Uh, it was the most... It was, yeah, it was the best and worst review experience I've ever had because at the 40 hour mark, you're like, oh, I must be nearly finished now because Miyazaki told me I would be. Um, And, but he just had to keep going. But at the same time, it was so, it was so incredible to go through that without any help. There was nowhere you could look. So if you were stuck, you had to brute force your way through it. And that joy of discovery and knowing that you were among the first to see all of these incredible Uh locations and fight these bosses. It was, I don't know. I I will always look back on my Elden Ring review process as being like very memorable. That was, that was a big one. That was big. Yeah. Uh, Pacific blue gives $2 and says, if I were a ZP character, surely I'd be this one. And then there's a little emoji of an octopus. Thanks, Pacific Blue. <laughs> I thought it was nice. I like the octopus. Uh, Dingus Squatford Jr. gives five pounds. Good name, by the way. And says, foreplay is the best bit. Is that a sex thing? I don't know. Or maybe that was back when I'm we were... a gamer, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> was that that might have been when we were talking about like uh, uh, Redfall? Talking about four players? Yeah. And sing- yeah. Single players? It's possible. Again, the the the, the jokes uh, an hour and fifteen minutes later sometimes sometimes stumble a little bit. And then Pacific Blue yeah. comes back with another two dollars and says, "Try sandbox VR, full motion capture with friends." Have you tried just going out with your friends, Pacific Blue? This is how you get COVID, though. You both had oh. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not I because I, it's not because though, I was so. going out hanging around with people. <laughs> yeah. I just took up cycling. No way to get COVID from cycling. Oh. Yeah, just speed away dude. from everyone. That I'm is true. scared I would get hit by a car. I've always wanted to cycle, but I'm so scared of that. How are you dealing with that fear? Well, uh, you don't experience it? There's, well, this is a good area of cycling where I live. I'm in like the suburbs and there's a lot of uh, like uh, middle-aged people who got a cycle for Christmas who live around here. So there's like bike lanes and there's service for it. And motorists expect to see you now in the area. Yeah. 
And there's a couple of like yeah. um, like nature trails and pedestrian walks that are good for it as well. That's nice. Yeah, I always think that the cyclists in major city, like in San Francisco, like the, the cyclists terrified me. Yeah, like, I was like, uh, well, you yeah. are literally going to die. Like, what are you doing? Like, that <laughs> seems think, awful. I'd, yeah, I'd be terrified to cycle in San Francisco from the hills alone. Yeah, seriously. Mm, true. <clears throat> I'll be all right for Wednesday. It's fine. We're almost there. We're almost there. Only a few left. Uh, Ryan Heddins, member for seven months on credit, says, if everyone's dick still worked, would the reviews of games be more positive or critical? Well, I guess they'd be more positive because everyone would have an outlet. I guess was the <laughs> point. See, yeah. that's another comment that I'm sure that was made uh, half an hour ago when you were talking about our dicks not working anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, the, that's yeah. the problem. So if someone just came to this late, that was a very strange moment for them. Definitely. Ernesto, member for 23 months on credit, says the Fallout franchise has gained some bad rep due to Bethesda, but people still love Fallout 1 and 2. Do you think they will stand the test of time? On another note, would Elite Dangerous stand it? <coughs> hmm. Do people, like... Is, is Fallout 1 and 2 still relevant, or do people only bring up, like, the 3D Fallouts these days? I mean, I feel like New Vegas is the one people bring up the most now. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, um... I definitely see some Reddit threads where... People are like, oh, Fallout 3 was really cool. I liked it. And then other people chime in underneath. They're like, actually, Fallout 3 ruined everything that was great about Fallout. Fallout 1 and 2 are still the best. And it's yeah. like, okay. Linking to that one H-Bomber guy video, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. was it? Okay, right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So I, ha I have not played Fallout 1 and 2. I, 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 I started at 3. I started uh, so playing I, the first I one like say. many, many, many years ago, and I didn't really see it through. I think it, it was one of those games that gave me a, sen a, a classic Bethesda sense of there's too many places to go. I feel overwhelmed. Right. So I just yeah. of, like, lost interest. Did you, did you guys play Wasteland 3? I was going to say, I was, actually, Nick, our, our editor-in-chief, is playing it. He's streaming it uh, weekly now. Oh, and okay. uh, I, I, I watched him play it last week on the stream. And that was the first time. That feels very much like it's carrying the torch. I mean, obviously, it is it's the, the relationship between those franchises. Correct. Um, Yep. But it, it very much feels like it's the modern take on original yep. Fallout. And it's actually excellent. Like, it's it's truly fantastic from in terms of writing and core gameplay. And, like, that RP, the depth of its RPG is is, mm -hmm. is really great. So, yeah, it's really love checking that way. It, it feels like a very underrated, overlooked franchise because yeah. critically it's a bit of a darling, but m most people aren't playing it and certainly no one's talking about it. So. Yeah, and it was like, a, yeah, it's a first-party Xbox game now, and it had it yeah. came straight to Game Pass and everything, and it didn't feel like it had the same level of conversation around it that, like, Halo yeah, Infinite or Psychonauts did or anything yeah. like that. And as for I mean, Dangerous... The... Sorry, go on. No, you go, you go. I was going to change the subject if you had more things oh. to add. No, the only thing I would say is I would love to see that team make uh, New Vegas because mm, everyone's yeah. like, oh, Obsidian should make New Vegas. It's like, that's not going to happen. They're a small team. They have like 30 projects that they're already working on. Yeah. That's never going to happen. But, you know, it feels like in exile, they understand the DNA of Fallout and RPG mm -hmm. very deeply. And, you know, they're a medium-sized studio. The Wasteland franchise hasn't got a huge amount of momentum. It'd be cool to see if it see if it continued. Great. But also, if they were to announce that they're working on New Vegas, like, that would be yeah. just Jeff's kiss, I think. So, yeah. yeah, and that would really put them, like, put their name on people's lips Correct. when they talk about Microsoft First Party Studios. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Elite Dangerous, I'd almost say, having played No Man's Sky again last week, I'd be more likely to go back to No Man's Sky than Elite Dangerous at this point. 
because uh, you know being able to actually go down onto the planet and getting out of your ship was such a sea change for like the space exploration up um, up even if it's like not that impressive once you get down there you can do that though in Elite Dangerous now, can't you? It's in the latest update, I believe. Am I can, correct yeah. me if I'm because I've never played Elite, so I, I can't say, but I believe that was a thing that they added in the last thing. Well, I haven't played that in a long time. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, think yeah, yeah. I find No Man's Sky generally a lot more accessible as well. With the you know, the uh, interface looks like an IKEA catalog and all that. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually you're right. <laughs> Uh, Attic Salt, member for two months on Early Access, says optional multiplayer works well in the Lego games. Well, that's, that's they're very much their own thing. Yeah, that is that is a pretty that's a pretty solid actual uh, response, though. Yeah. I think the Lego games I've had a lot of fun playing them co-op, um, uh, and I was kind of bummed when what the, I don't I don't think the newest Lego Star Wars had co-op. Yeah, right. Did it? Yeah. Oh, was it only local co-op? It's no, I don't. I it's not local. Only co-op not local co-op. <laughs> only not local co-op. Yes, only not local co-op. That's right. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. I think I remember. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I played through it myself, and I really enjoyed it. But um, yeah, I remember those were games definitely like that. I played with significant mm-hmm. others who weren't super into games, but liked whatever the IP was, whether it was Pirates of the Caribbean or yeah, uh, Harry Potter or whatever. Speaking of ten-year mm-hmm. classics, it takes two. I mean, that has to stand the test of time, I hope. Yeah. That's definitely one I'd want to play with my kids or whatever. Like, Whether or not it's, it stands the test of time critically, which I suspect it will, I think it will just uh-huh. stand the test of time in terms of you will want to keep it in your library and you will come back to it because I think few games provide such a fantastic co-op experience. Like that's It's one of the best, for sure. Yeah, I'd say in terms of co-op gameplay, it's hard to beat. Mm. Mm. Uh, I think the story is like lacking a bit. I remember saying in my yeah, review, it, it would be awkward to play it with my kids, especially if you've had some drama in your relationship with your spouse. You can only play it with yeah, your or kids if, if a beer fan of elephants or something. Like, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Can't show them that. Can't show them inside out. I still wonder how intentionally funny that scene was. I think it's that thing where some people you know have like a weird sense of humor and they don't realize that it's weird. Like they think it's just funny and, the, and they see their version of humor is ubiquitous and it's the same as everybody else's, but it's yeah. like, no dude, your version of what's funny is a little bit weird. And I think <laughs> Joseph Farris is one of those dudes. And when he was yeah. writing that scene, he's like, everyone's going to love this. It's so funny. And everyone's like, actually, this is really traumatic. Please. Why did you do this? You know, did, so. did, you, play, did you play a way out? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. 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 It's I, the Shawshank I, Redemption, the video yeah. game. <laughs> I really didn't like the way out. Oh, why? Well, as you say, it's 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 copy pastes the Shawshank Redemption sure. and uh, uh the main characters are kinda lame and horrible yeah. people. And it just I, seems like really kind of ridiculous in its contemporary <laughs> setting. And yeah. I think it take I think take, it takes two as a more fantastical thing was much more suited to the to the uh the dude's writing yeah yeah i, I feel I, I hate to say it because joseph Farris is such a cool dude he's just, just uh-huh. got this incredible energy and whatever but i don't think like i think he needs a good offsider 
a, a writing partner to tell him, hey man, no, or just to, like to edit his shit down and whatever, because yeah. he obviously knows how to create incredible co-op experiences. I think he's a great visionary, but he really needs someone to come in there and just hack away at his work a little bit on the writing side. Cause I do think it was a, I think that um, it takes two is a solid like nine out of 10, possibly 9.5, but because of its awkward writing at times, it mm. stops becoming that perfect experience that i think it could have been with some some more writing work. yeah and i felt like the book character i was like every time he showed up i'm like god damn it why is he back <laughs> sake. yeah it was a bit do you think it was a bit too long as well it takes two uh, that's another game where i felt um, like maybe it's because we had to like schedule time with nick to play it but when i was playing it but it just felt like it kept going on and on and on it he gets, didn't want to spend that much time with nick well, any time I spent with Nick is a pleasure. Yeah, course, but maybe it's uh, just because it's one of those games where it just feels like a like a series of set pieces. So there's no real way of getting a sense of how far through it you are at any mm. point. I think I played it with my buddy over the course of three or four nights, and I mm. felt like those were spaced pretty well like i don't know yeah. how many sessions you guys played it in but um i could see it feeling longer if maybe if you gave it too few sessions yeah i think i was the same as you i was maybe four sessions and it yeah felt, i was surprised by how long it was yeah i was yeah. like oh okay this still keeps going yeah well, these sorts of experiences it's impressive hmm. in being so long because it manages to like mix up its gameplay so much so it's never yeah, it's not reusing ideas. Like it seems no, like it's like the cardinal sin of game design of being like, well, we're just going to use this once and then toss it out. Like it just was kind of mind-boggling felt, how many scenes did that. It felt like decadent. It yeah. was like <laughs> it would take a single bite of the of the golden apple and then throw it away and then pick yeah. it from the basket and throw that away. And you're like, what are you doing? Make a whole game out of that, you know? Yeah, can you keep these mechanics? Can you like share them yeah. with other people so that they can use yeah. them? <laughs> yeah. Okay, last couple. Pacific Blue, and again, gives $2 and says, Shout out to Marty, always has the best attitude. Ah, shucks. Thanks, Pacific Blue. You're my favorite squid. <laughs> Ooh, that was a chunky one. Oh, God, that's not a good way to describe it. <laughs> and uh, Pacific Blue again, one last time, comes in with $2 and says, Shout out to Honey Money for making the chat so friendly. Yes, Honey Money's our Thank you, Honey Money. very dedicated mod. Yes. We all appreciate you, very much. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's all the super chats, and I think that's the signal that we need to wrap things up. So, also uh, the fact that you're hacking up a lung is yes, one yeah. of the other singles. I yeah. probably have another cough drop while I'm talking. Yes. Uh, so, thank you very much for joining us, everyone, and thank you very much for joining us, our special guest, Skill Up. Check out their channel yeah. on YouTube. Tons yeah, of what very insightful reviews and shit. What have you got out? Yeah, what lately? should exactly? Yeah, what should Pope? Uh, lately, wouldn't. Out? necessarily describe uh outriders world slayer review as insightful it just is a thing that exists <laughs> um but there's that and uh yeah i think obviously there's not a lot coming out right now you know the mm. thing that i've done that i'm most proud of recently was a bit of a indie deep dive thing because i don't know if you guys checked out steam next fest did you guys play yeah. Any demos yeah yeah we, yeah, we streamed yeah. a bunch of them yeah. oh cool awesome yeah so I played like 50 demos over that five days and then I kind of just did a video on the best stuff I played. So I was really happy to put that out there. And I just started a podcast myself, actually. It's called the Friends Per Second Podcast. It's with Jake Baldino from Game Ranks and Lucy James of GameSpot and The Completionist. So doing that every two weeks. So this whole podcasting world is new to me, but I'm having fun. It's, it's a good time. So thank you very much for having me on. I was really 
scared to receive the invite, but it's turned <laughs> out that it's okay. You know, it's I it's I, I, I I've survived, so I'm I'm thrilled. Yeah, you he just sure he just have. coughs on you every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. what? Sorry. You just have to want. You just. Oh, I said he just coughs on you every once in a while. Right. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. You already have COVID. Like, you already had it. So I, I just came through yeah. that. So yeah. Just get a watch out for the occasional surprise dog. Yeah. There you go. Oh, Dora. What's yeah. what's here's her name. Oh, this is Toffee, and it's oh. the end of the podcast. So everyone expects some Toffee time now. Nice. That's that's fantastic. Your weekly Toffee time. Yeah, Toffee's <laughs> always like kipping underneath my arm when I'm on the couch. Because that's, oh, that's kind of dog he is. Because we yeah. can't leave him up in the house because he pisses on everything. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, don't you can't do that. So uh, I was Yahtzee Kroshaw. I was joined by Matty Sleever as usual. Uh, what else we got coming up this week? Uh, obviously, our new zero punctuation hits on Wednesday. It will be the next long-awaited Moments in Gaming History episode. I've used up an idea because there's still bugger all new coming out to review. Yeah. I was really, I saw the thumbnail and I was like, I don't know what this is. I was very confused by it. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's uh, uh, a pretty notorious story in my sorts of circles. Okay. Interesting. I look forward to it. Um, yeah, and then all of our uh, all of our normal streams this week. Uh, we'll be back with Editor's Hour and Hidden Gems tomorrow. Uh, breakout on Wednesday, along with Post CP. Assuming Yahtzee is able to wait, is there a Post CP if it's? Um, it'll depend on if I can find a couple of things. Okay, I need to yeah look into that. Okay, cool. And then uh, yeah, Thursday well, we might, night. We might do a stream uh, anyway. We might just play. I don't know. Uh, I guess you didn't stream games last week, right? You, no, were, no. you were sick last week, so you could just you play something else. There you go. Easy peasy. Uh, and then, yeah, Thursday night, uh, Nick and I are starting uh, the old Return of the King game. Uh, we'll be playing through that. And then oh, it'll nice. be uh, Casey and I finishing up Metal Gear Solid 2. Casey really has no idea what is in store for him. Uh, Whoa. I know two hours of Metal Gear Solid 2. Holy shit. I'm going to tune in for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it was, uh, uh, we're, we're just getting to like the final act now and seeing his face uh, every time. Uh, something happens uh, near the end of that story has been uh, pretty priceless. I'm kind of yeah. floored that he hasn't been spoiled on that game over the past 20 years. So, yeah. Kojima, thank you very much. All right. And if you're a YouTube member, you can enjoy my next episode of Extra Punctuation on Thursday and the next episode of Adventure is Nigh on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Just double checking in my head as I say all that. Yes, Everyone it is. Else? Uh, yeah. Yeah, everyone else, if you're not a YouTube member, you'll have to wait another week for those. So why aren't you a YouTube member? There's no excuse at this point. Uh, unless you haven't found the link, because sometimes it's hard to spot. That, that's the only excuse. excuse. If you can't find the link, that's a very good excuse. So we appreciate that. Yeah. So I guess that'll be it from us today. Yeah. Thanks for Absolutely. watching. See you all next time. Yep. Yeah. Bye.